welcome back to the world-famous and Colorado Broadcasters Award Entered Driving You Crazy podcast. Yes, we are an entry. We're not nominated yet, not a winner yet, but we're in the race, and that's all that matters. I am Denver 7 traffic anchor Jason Luber, and joining me today is a very special guest. She's the president, the founder, the leader, the premier, the (laughs) chief of state, the big cheese of the Driving You Crazy podcast fan club. It's Nicole Brady, everybody. There you go. I won the contest to fill in host today with Joseph Peters being out. Yes, and I know you're very concerned about his uh, illness that he's suffering through right now. Joseph, if you're listening, we just want you healthy and back. Do we? And I'm not at all (laughs) secretly excited to be here on the podcast today. But and, and, and maybe even get uh, this one entered for, for the big award-winning uh, Broadcasters Association Award. We'll for next see. year. For next year. That's right. This could be the one. This yeah. is it. I think it's a good shot. And uh, I, what's that? The smell of curry I, I smell I'm here? sorry. I, I knew we were doing this, but oh, okay. I still ate a bowl of chicken curry <laughs> right before we came into this tiny little yes. room where we taped this. So. And there's sorry. no air circulation. There is a vent. <laughs> But there's no air circulation in here. No, so. I'll, I'll keep my distance here. Oh no, it's 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 all right. I think I think we'll be able to power through here, okay. Nicole. Uh, so I have to start with this disturbing story, though, out of Portland, Maine. Uh, passengers on the number five bus expressed frustration as a inconsiderate fellow rider began openly consuming her lunch of a live, violently flopping Atlantic bluefin tuna. Quote. Oh, God, I can smell it from here, unquote, said commuter <laughs> Evelyn Jacobs, muttering under her breath how rude it was to subject the rest of the bus to such pungent foods, especially one that was spurting blood and scales everywhere. <laughs> I mean, really, lady, a live 350-pound tuna? Have some consideration for the rest of us who may be <laughs> not wanting to leave reeking like the exposed innards of a deep-sea predator. Are you allowed to have food at all? On Usually? buses? Yeah. Sure, yeah. Okay. So, so, and where was this again? Uh, this was in Portland, Maine. The passengers' irritations oh reportedly gosh. turned to audible groans when the woman produced a large bucket of vinegar to pickle whatever she couldn't finish. That is bizarre. I, and, and that's why I thought that there were actually rules on a lot of buses. No, there's actually, not, I don't no, think okay. there's, I think you can eat, as long as the driver, I don't think, sees you, you know, eating a full flopping bluefin tuna on the bus, I think you'll be okay. It's really rude. Yes. I, I usually warn people here, you know, like like you mentioned about the curry, I usually give a little warning to my fellow coworkers if I'm going to microwave broccoli yes. or fish or something that might be popcorn. offensive. Popcorn smells good, don't you think? I don't know. I, I like popcorn. It's just the smell, the overwhelming smell of popcorn as it's going through the newsroom is, yeah. is a little bit disturbing to me. Well, it's nice to warn people that, that you know, you're, you're going to sure. eat, but they're going to smell it. And, and there's nothing they can do about it, though. You, you're I, warning them, but you're not giving them any outs. I, I guess here they could move a little bit. On a bus, <laughs> it might be a little more difficult Maybe a little to bit do more that. Difficult. But, you know, it reminds me, my husband, we were on the D.C. metro system once, and he tried to bring a pretzel on, a soft pretzel. And a guy took him to task. A fellow passenger said, you do not eat on the D.C. Metro. Really? That is a rule. He was mad. He, they almost got into it. But they <laughs> want to keep their bus or their transit clean. It's a little uh, light rail or not light rail, but, you know, type of service. 
Yeah. Who, who, what? Where were you going to put your money on? Your husband or the other guy? Hmm. The other guy, definitely. Okay. DC. I mean, oh he yeah, was sure. Like uh, <laughs> the your, real thing. Yeah. Your, your husband's not like a Mike no, Tyson kind of no, guy. No. No. All right. Well, all right. We at least know that about. But but it's him. it's about respect on public transit sure. and keeping well, it sure. clean. And respecting your other passengers. A bagel story reminds me when I was uh, in high school, every, I think it was every Friday or Wednesday, the kids would be selling bagels at the end of school and, I don't know, for like 50 cents. And it was always a fundraiser for something, right? And so I'd always get the, and I always like the salt ones because I was just sucking the salt mm-hmm. off, the, off the bagels. But yeah, and the, all the buses were full of salt and crumbs from the bagels, yeah. all the school buses, because the kids were eating the bagels on the bus yeah. going home. There you go. Maybe that's so. why. Well, you know, it, it's state legislature season, mm-hmm. and it's not just here. It's all across the country. And all of our state legislators around the country are trying to make our roads safer, and, and the Colorado state is is no exception. Well, there's a state senator, Lois Court. She introduced the Use of Mobile Electronic Device While Driving Act uh, in the Colorado state legislature the other day. Now, current law only prohibits people who are younger than 18 from using their cell phones in their cars. But if passed, this bill would extend the prohibition to drivers of all ages and establish a penalty of $300 per violation, extend the existing prohibition to the use of wireless phones to include all mobile electronic devices, and create an exception for uh, adult drivers who use mobile electronic devices, let's say, in hands-free mode. Okay. You could do it for hands-free. Now, they've already done this in California. Mm-hmm. And here are some of the endorsements this bill has received. The Colorado Organized for Responsible Driving. American Bikers Aimed Towards Education. Ever heard of that? No. American Automobile Association of Colorado, of course. Uh, Advocates for Highway and Auto Safety. Colorado State Patrol Department of Public Safety. Bike Colorado. Colorado Bikers. Rocky Mountain Insurance Information Association, National Association of Mutual Insurance Companies, Property and Casualty Insurance Association of America, Biker Down, Colorado Riders News, O'Sullivan Law Firm, Colorado District Attorney's Council, Colorado Motor Carriers Association. No real surprises there, I guess, no, right? No, no. Those people all have a vested interest yes. in keeping our roads a little oh, safer. Interesting. Huh? Uh, and my prediction, it will die in committee. Really? Your prediction. I think that I would love to see something like that passed. I don't know that it would ever be enforced, and it I don't know the statistics out of California where they've done this, but it seems like the local laws that have passed uh, texting while driving bans uh, are a little weak um, in terms of just how many people are cited just for texting. Uh, if you're in a crash, you might get cited later for that as well. Uh, but I don't know that there's any way law enforcement or the government can stop people from doing it. Nope. Um, uh, sadly, that it has to be ourselves. We have to do that. Self-reporting. Self-report. I mean, self-discipline is what it comes down to. Yep. And, and I, I think the bigger problem is not just the text. I mean, people do text, mm-hmm. and you see it on, on the roads. You'll see it on I-25 or any of the highways where you'll see somebody drifting, and then they'll come back because you could see them texting. Mm-hmm. But I think when a bigger problem is... Reading, actually, yes. your phone. Now, that is technically not okay. against the law in Colorado. You can read as much as you want on your phone. Right. You're just not supposed to be manually inputting data and then sending it. Whether it's a tweet or an Instagram or a Twitter or whatever you're, you're, you're posting, 
but you can read it all you want. <laughs> and I think that's what she's trying to do here. Yeah, make it all inclusive. Right. Uh, and, and Well, exactly, because everything you do on the phone and even talking with a hands-free device is distracting. According yes. to many studies, it's, it's still distracting. I, I would like to see maybe some of the companies like Apple, uh, and I think they are uh, starting to realize their own... Um, culpability in this because there are calls for them to make phones that are a little less addictive in some ways that have more features where you could turn it off Uh, I I think that we may start to see more of a push for the companies like Apple and the social media sites and things like that to change the product right because we're not going to change ourselves I guess it's just not not. happening I'm not gonna do well you know I not I don't text while I'm driving uh, if I ever had to, I would put pull over to do it, uh, and it, even then, I would do a voice text where you're just hitting the microphone mm-hmm. and you speak into it, and then uh, then it sends. Uh, but otherwise, yeah, it's because it's just it, it honestly is just too distracting. Mm-hmm. I have read stuff, or I've been fiddling with the GPS, or I watch TV while I'm driving, but that's a whole different story. Yeah, whole different. You told story. me that once. I said you watch TV while you're driving. Yeah. Sometimes I usually Doing a little bit of li- more listening. I would hope <laughs> it, it than is watching. more listening, yeah. but it's there so you can see it just in case something else is happening. It's mostly with, let's say, a press conference is going on. Right, right. As I want to still hear it, but it's not covered on local radio. Um, and or, or let's say there's some kind of really cool sporting event, like the Olympics are coming up, and I love the Olympics, sure. and I want to watch some of those Olympic events. But part of it is just listening to it in the car, and then you glance over and can see some of the action. That's yeah, I, I mean, I, I could see people doing that. Again, I, I don't think we can condone it. No. Officially. The Driving You Crazy podcast does not <laughs> condone watching TV. This disclaimer brought to you driving. by <laughs> Nicole Brady. Uh, while it's been a drier than average winter here in Colorado, we get a nice taste of snow and ice. We got a, one a few days ago. We'll get a couple, uh, couple of days from now. We'll get some more snow and ice around here. And, and the rain and snow came in pretty quickly with that very cold temperatures, it, just like it did in Houston the last couple of days, where it was so icy, there was rollovers and crashes mm-hmm. all over the place. They just started happening one after another. Well, there are two words that I think spark fear of crashing in drivers more than, is there, is there one word more than black ice? I think black ice, mm-hmm. I think that fear, that, yeah, that scares definitely. a lot of people. Well, anyway... We have new people moving here to Colorado all the time, and someone on Facebook the other day asked me to give her some advice about winter driving and driving on black ice. And I first told her to do what everybody else in this state does, throw caution to the wind and just drive like a crazy person with no regard to anyone else on the road. (laughs) Then I gave her my real piece of advice. Uh, When driving on ice or snow, do everything slowly. That's really the best advice is do everything slowly. And I think that's the key. Slow and smooth movements, whether it comes to steering or braking or starting, uh, even with snow tires or really good ice tires, uh, you have the stability control, the all-wheel drive, all those other safety features in your car. But driving in snow and sleet and ice, it's, it's obviously treacherous, but just take it slowly. And even if you maintain control of your car, not everyone else around you will. And that's mm-hmm. one of the biggest problems because when we come into work, it's 3 o'clock in the morning. And there really isn't any other traffic that we're worried about. It's really our own selves that we're worried about and losing control. So I would say just don't get ever get get lulled into a false sense of security when you're going. Because some people, I think even like for us, 
we start moving at a pretty good clip, and then we're, we're going, all right, this is okay. We're doing all right. And then all of a sudden, it can happen that quickly. Right. Where all of a sudden, you're spinning sideways. It does. It have, I, I, I've spun out. You've spun out, I yep. take it, before. I mean, it, so many of us have. And it's scary when it happens to you. It's scary to watch it happen to the guy in front of you on right. the road, too. Uh, and it does just happen out of nowhere. And that black ice, yeah, it's anything you can't see or are told that is there but you can't see it is <laughs> certainly scary. Yeah, because in the snow, the tires are always just barely grabbing yeah. the road. Uh, but it actually can give you a little bit more traction than black mm-hmm. ice does. So it's really best to accelerate slowly, gently turn, uh, gently brake. To do this, you really have to anticipate your starts and stops and your turns. And Because ra- rapid movements will lead to, lead to skids and then the loss of control, which is obviously bad. So I, I thought of this as a good, a good way to think about this. And, and this is what I wrote to her as well. I said, drive as if there were eggs on the bottom of your feet. So when you're stepping on the gas or stepping on the brake, you step as if you don't want to break the egg. Mm. Nice and gently and slowly. Nice. Right? That's probably the best advice I could give you. Now, because pavement with black ice, it's going to be slightly darker. Uh, It's going to be a little duller than the rest of the road. It's going to look like it's wet. However, if you aren't seeing any spray coming up from the car in front of you, like you typically would in a rainstorm, like if you're driving on, if mm-hmm. you know it's just wet and the temperatures are higher than freezing, you know that it's, it, you can see the spray. If you're not seeing the spray, but it looks like it's wet, then you know you're driving on black ice. Ah, okay. There Those you are go. Great tips. Yes, there you go. So, because typically roads in heavily populated areas, they are less likely to have black ice on them compared to, with, with those in rural areas, just because it's a little bit warmer in some of those spots, and there's a little bit more traffic, mm-hmm. uh, and there's a little bit of that heat island area right. with the buildings and all that, so they can keep them a little bit warmer. But obviously, bridges and viaducts and overpasses are especially dangerous because they're exposed to the top and the bottom. That's what we saw in Houston, where you're looking at the regular road, it's just bone dry, but every bridge was ice. Wow. Just full of ice. It was completely, it, it was really, if you see any of these videos that are coming out of Houston, it's really unique that way um, because you, you, they just cool faster. Right. Top and bottom. Yeah, exactly. So black ice can also form at the top and bottom of the hills and areas that are obviously heavily shaded, north shaded areas like we see here all the time. That's what we always talk about, uh, buy a house with a south facing driveway because mm-hmm. then you don't have to shovel. Yeah. That Mine faces mostly south so it, the sun does most of the shoveling for me which is great because i'm getting too old to shovel frankly i i've been wondering about that we moved into a newer house in july so summer so we haven't and we haven't had much of a winter here so i haven't really gotten to see the full effect of the direction our house faces it faces uh east more so than anything yeah. else i mean it's almost directly east so not south, not north. And I can't tell. It seems like it, the snow does melt pretty well uh, off both sides of the house. Yeah. And I don't know if we've come into this perfect sweet spot. You've lucked out. Is it really? Yes. East facing is the because best? Because if there was some shade, let's say from the house next to you or some trees that were giving you some shade, uh-huh. then you'd be uh, a little bit in trouble. Okay. But otherwise, yeah, but if, it not. Is, if it is no shade and you're, you've got plenty of sun action... You're, you're great. There we go. You're golden. I, I, we found the sweet spot there, and I, I didn't know for sure because we just haven't had much snow. So Now, if you if you get caught on black ice, there are, there are a couple of ways to react to it. If your car begins to slide, they always see keep your foot off the gas, mm-hmm. uh, you know, turn into the slide, right? Uh, don't hit the brakes. Try not to turn your steering wheel too much even when you're turning into it because that could make matters worse, and drivers should also not be lulled into a false sense of security because 
you know, your car has the anti-lock br- mm-hmm. brakes, and if you've ever put them on, it sounds like they're grinding, and, right. and it's like, gah, 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 gah. it's just a horrible sound. Um, but the best thing to do is just take it slow and, and keep keep your uh, foot off the gas and just, just ease into the slide. Uh, if you're nervous about driving in winter, consider spending some time practicing. That's what I used to do all the time. Well, one, because it's fun, and it also gives you does it does give you good practice. You can go out to an empty parking lot, and you send your car into a purposeful spin or slide. <laughs> so you can get the feel of it, because once you get the feel of it, you're not as scared of it. Experience is the best teacher. In, in just about any meth, any any yeah. aspect of life. So you slam on your brakes. Practice what it's like and feel what it's like to just slam on your brakes if you're coming up to a stop sign. Or if you're turning too fast and you start sliding sideways. Just It's really good. Have you done that? Uh, no. I, I, I think maybe I've sort of forced myself to slide before, but never in a, in a big open area where yeah. I could really go crazy with it. Right. Because I've, I've done it to kind of test how bad the road was where I, where I was in a, yeah. in a, on a pretty empty road. But this allows you, especially in those big open spaces, to really get that feeling and get comfortable with it. And then when you're out there on the roads, and if it does happen to you, at least you're more experienced and, and you know what to deal with and you're not flat on your back, upside down, wheels up in the dying cockroach position as the truck as the uh, tow truck driver. Yeah, I, l- I like that idea. The Driving You Crazy podcast does endorse finding a big empty lot. Yes. And forcing yourself into a slide. That way you're not. Purposely sliding your car. Yeah, because you don't want to end up upside down with, uh, I don't know, 10 or 12 firemen and policemen staring at you, looking at you, going, uh, do you need any more help to get out of your car, ma'am? <laughs> no. You don't want that. That's bad. Because the more comfortable you are with maintaining control and regaining control, the better winter driver you're going to be. Uh, and the most important piece of advice is to ignore the guy who is trying to outdrive everyone else on the road and let just them go on their merry way. I have to tell my wife this all the time. Just let them go. Don't worry about it. You might see him in the ditch later. Um, and I have seen that in the past where people have gone by me really fast. And then later off the road, they have crashed. So you just let them be. Just worry about yourself and your own driving and, and just stay true to your slow and steady mantra and you'll be just fine. That's the way to handle it. All right. That's the way to do it. I agree. Well, there you have it. So, you know, anyway. Uh, coming up on the uh, second half of the podcast, we have some really great stuff, including what I think could be the new unofficial theme song of the podcast. We're going to play that song for you and let you decide. That is next as the world-famous Driving You Crazy podcast continues. What's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? My foolish heart's made a fool out of me. What's wrong with me? I'm Megan Lopez, and you are listening to the Driving You Crazy podcast with Jason Luber. Here's a reason to watch Denver 7 every morning. We always have the latest information you need to help plan your day for your whole family. Uh, We've got a full team of reporters that are here around the clock all night long, making sure we can advance stories so you know how these things affect you and your family uh, that happen across. It could be a Broncos victory. It could be something about a road being closed or something that affects you and your kid at school. Mitch Jelnicker, only on Denver 7. I don't, you know, angry might not be the best word to describe Jason Luber, uh, but he, he gets fired up and passionate about minor 
traffic topics even. And and so the major ones, it's even more fun. But he tells us all about、uh, traffic issues in other states and other countries, and these weird stories that come out of these places. You'd you'd never believe how they handle some of their situations. Some of it maybe we could apply here in Colorado, and that that's why I like to listen to the podcast because I really actually learn something about. Traffic and roads and the system in our state, and it makes me want to do better. It makes me want to demand better. Nicole Brady, only on Denver Seven. Welcome back to the world famous driving you crazy podcast. I am Denver Seven traffic anchor Jason Luber, along with special guest host today, Nicole Brady. Thank you. Yes, special guest host. The most special, <laughs> the most guest, the most host. Thank you. That's exactly what you. And、are. we do、uh, wish Joseph Peters a speedy recovery. Not too speedy, <laughs> but a speedy recovery nonetheless.、Uh. All right. So a friend of mine. Her name is Tanya Hotman.、Uh, I used to do traffic with her in the helicopter. She used to work、mm-hmm. for、uh, Channel Nine, and I was、uh, at KOA, right?、Uh, it, well, she sent me a text, and she she said, "There's a song we need to get on the show." She said she was listening to her XM satellite radio in the car、uh, on the kids' channel, and so the kids are listening to this, and and all of a sudden, she hears this song and she thinks of me. The song is called Traffic. Perfect title、mm-hmm. for it, and, and simple enough, and, and it's performed by Lucky Diaz and the Family Jam Band. <laughs> it's really right up our、All、alley,、right. Nicole. It's perfect. All right, take a listen to this. Here we go, or not? Traffic,、huh? bumper to bumper to bumper traffic. Traffic, bumper to bumper to bumper traffic. It does、uh-huh. get better. We ain't okay, I was gonna、nowhere. ask how long this goes on for. We're stuck. Yep, we're stuck. Nope, we're stuck. I just saw a guy in his underwear. What? That's not appropriate. No, that's not appropriate at all. We're traveling like two miles an hour. No, it's like negative miles. It's like we're going backwards. We're in reverse, like like this. Ready? We're going like this. We're going like. I guess that would be moving faster, though. You guys have to pee, like pee, like pee, like pee right now. No, hold it. We ain't going nowhere. Twisting and turning through the streets. Twisting and turning through the streets. Twisting and turning through the streets. What? Twisting and turning through the streets. Twisting and turning through the streets. Twisting and turning through the streets. What? Twisting and turning through the streets. Twisting and turning through the streets. Twisting and turning through the streets. We're not really twisting and turning, guys. Stopped again. Do you guys want to play another game? There you go. Wow. What do you think? Oh,、uh, no offense to、uh, Funky Diaz and the Funky Bunch. Whatever. What was that? What was <laughs> it? It was Lucky Diaz and <laughs> the Lucky Family、Diaz、Jam Band. The family Jam Band. I think we could probably do our own. 
You think so? Here at Denver 7, yeah. I try to get uh, Eric Lufer every week I remind him that he's supposed to be giving us a uh, new jingle. Yeah. And he has yet to do that for us. I mean, that sounded pretty um, electronically generated. Uh, I think we could probably come up with something. But I but that's a good one. Some it was it was funny, at parts. Uh, you know they were they were singing about the guy in his underwear. I'm thinking, what did they just see Charlie Rose in, in a car next to him or something? <laughs> all right, bad joke. Uh, wait, all right. So wait, he would just wore a robe, right? He was just parading in his house I, in a I robe. I think there yeah. was a robe. Uh, I, I, don't, I hope. <laughs> I hope there a, was a robe. Or maybe no robe. Uh, I, I think I could have done without the beeping noise. Beeping noise is kind of annoying, like yeah. a truck backing up mm-hmm. the whole time. Uh, but, you know, the thing is that the song, I think I think it gets better the more you listen to it, and then it gets worse <laughs> the more you listen to it, and then it gets better again the more you listen to it. So you can always go back on the podcast here and just keep hitting repeat and then just keep listening see, to the okay. song over and over again. I'm going to have to listen to see when it gets better for me. And then... <laughs> <laughs> it might be a while. We'll see. I, uh, I, it is kind of, you know, it, it, I wouldn't want that while I was stuck in traffic playing over and over again. I don't think in my. <laughs> or your kids are singing to it in the uh, back seat while you're sitting in traffic, uh, and you're, and then they start singing it, it. It's an accurate depiction of what that's like, though, huh? To, exactly. To have right. that in your back seat of your car. All right. So, do you have one of those Alexa devices from Amazon? Yes. How do you like it? At home. I do like it. My kids love it, and since they are five and four and don't have fully developed voices yet, it's pretty funny to watch them <laughs> scream at Alexa and try to make it understand them. Uh, so that's entertaining. Um, but no, I like to use it to play music, uh, get the temperature, that kind of thing. Um, I don't know that it's necessary. I haven't figured out all the wonderful ways I can use it yet. <laughs> My nephew in Florida, he has one of these things, okay. and he uses it all the time. What when when all right? So he he calls me on Facetime, and then he and he then he start yelling at the Alexa to start playing weird songs that he likes, uh-huh. and and so then he uses it to to you know bring out what's the temperature here, just like you were talking okay, about, yeah. which is weird because he's instead of talking to me on Facetime, he's actually busy playing with the Alexa while trying to talk to me on Facetime because <laughs> he thinks that's more entertaining. He's nine. Okay. <laughs> so uh, well, anyway, it, it's it's it's. A touch annoying at times. Uh, maybe I would say. maybe the kids like it more. Is uh, what we're seeing here. I don't well, know. Well, if you had a Nissan, I don't think you have a Nissan at home. No. All right. Well, if you did have a Nissan, you could use your Alexa to start your car. Hmm. That is coming. You can also send other commands like unlock and lock the doors, honk the horn, flash the lights, and start or stop the engine depending on the model. Wow. Yeah. There's a four-digit PIN that's required to send certain commands to the vehicle, such as remote start uh, for added security, right? So your kids can't go, hey, Alexa, shut off mommy's car. (laughs) Uh, I could see the turn the car off feature being a problem if you're driving and your kid could figure out the code and accidentally sends the car command to turn off the car while you're driving to work. That could be a problem. I would hope there would be an override for that. You would think so. System override, yes. <laughs> you would hope so. Additionally, owners can customize the name of their vehicle, but that's just one piece of technology that was featured in Las Vegas at the annual Consumer Electronics Show, and it just wrapped up, and there were lots of new technology that's going to be coming out to your car in the next half a dozen years or so. So this is what Edmund says are some of the trends that could be coming to a car near you, mm. thanks to the CES. 
both Hyundai and Mercedes-Benz showed off how they're going to start using artificial intelligence in a vehicle's infotainment system to turn it into a personal assistant. Hyundai's intelligent personal agent is a voice control software, and its ability to recognize multiple commands, for example, if you ask it, tell me what the weather will be like tomorrow, and text the kids to remind them about soccer practice, it can handle both tasks separately, which is unique because usually it's just one. It would recognize them as separate commands, how many commands you're doing, and then and, and so that's, that's I think, wow. a, a pretty big advance. Hyundai's technology functions much like a Apple Siri or Google Assistant. It's designed to respond to commands, but also to proactively aid drivers for, but let's say, for example, reminding them of upcoming meetings and recommending, a, let's say, a departure time. You have a meeting at 8 a.m., you need to leave your house at 7 a.m. or whatever the case may be because Google already knows what the traffic patterns are and uh-huh. Waze already <laughs> knows where the crashes are and then will route you around it because that's, that's coming. And it's all going to be tied into your phone and your car and your Alexa and your Google Assistant and all that, that kind of stuff. So the system activates when the wake-up voice command, Hi Hyundai, and once activated, the artificial intelligence-powered agent can help make a phone call. It can send text messages, uh, search destinations, search music, check the weather, manage schedules. It allows you to use your voice control for frequently used functions like controlling the air conditioning. You could set the temperature inside your car for whatever you want. You could open the sunroof with just a voice command. Why touch a button, Nicole, <laughs> when you want to open the window, <laughs> when you could just say, Hyundai, open the window? Do you remember the old days when we had to actually crank a yes. little thing to roll down that And do you remember window? how horrible it was Ugh, when that crank so broke? Yes. <laughs> that was the worst. Hyundai plans to install the intelligent personal agent in new models as early as 2019. Mercedes is also debuting a new infotainment interface for its compact vehicles that's based on artificial intelligence, what it calls an intuitive operating system. Now, there aren't a whole lot of details on the system's capabilities so far, but the system is expected to make its way to some of the vehicles on the lower end of Mercedes' lineup later this year. The display itself looks like the dual widescreen setup that Mercedes used in some of their E and S-Class sedans, so it's a pretty big display that they have there in the car. Another technology is brain-to-vehicle technology. So Nissan is demonstrating that the brain in an autonomous vehicle doesn't always have to be a computer and that a computer can be used to make a person a better driver. The company is one of the first to conduct this research on brain-to-vehicle technology. Crazy. What? (laughs) And to engage the technology, the driver puts on a wired cap. I, I, I picture a much smaller, sleeker version of the Doc Brown yep, brainwave analyzer in Back yep. to the Future. Remember that thing? A smaller version of that. So it's not good for your hairdo, Nicole. But you put this uh, wired cap on, and the device measures your brainwave activity, which the vehicle's autonomous system then analyzes and uses to anticipate your intended action. Wow. Future boy. That is... Uh... That is that seems almost something out of science fiction. Yeah, wow. it does. Nissan says this brain-to-vehicle technology can predict driver behavior to shorten the reaction time when a driver is in control. For instance, let's say you, you could make your steering wheel turn a, a little bit quicker. You could stop your car, activate the brakes just a touch faster. Let's say a quarter or a half second faster. And they say most of this would be unrecognized by the driver, but still would be beneficial to the driver. Hmm. Isn't that crazy? 
Now, does it matter how smart the person is? Uh, <laughs> that's a good point. I don't. I or, or maybe we get Stephen Hawking driving now. I, well, I just wonder. And and what about if you've been drinking? I wonder how that brain activity would translate. To your <laughs> yeah, then the car go left, go right at the same time. I don't get that. I don't know. Not that you. Should be no, drinking, of course. Of course. <laughs> the Driving uh, You Crazy podcast does not condone no, no. Uh, brain-to-car technology and <laughs> drinking and driving. At the same time, yes. yes. Uh, but this brain-to-vehicle technology is also being tested to detect and evaluate discomfort during driving. So this could be used to match the hmm. car's driving style to the driver's own style when the vehicle is in autonomous mode. So Nissan says there are a lot of situations where a vehicle's default action when driving autonomously would not be what the driver would actually want to do if they were in control. So reading brainwaves is one way to shrink that gap between the vehicle action and the driver expectation. Now, of course, copying a human's driving style, it might not be ideal in all cases. Uh, the last thing you'd want is an autonomous car that speeds up and makes erratic lane changes right, like right. you've seen on <laughs> some of the roads. Uh, the goal is to maximize driver safety during autonomous operation without departing too much from what the driver's own style would be. Now, this technology is still many years from making into production vehicles, but Nissan says it shows the potential of combining both human and artificial intelligence. See, this is what wow. I think. I think a lot of this stuff is going to be slowly coming into cars. Before we go fully autonomous, you're going to see parts of autonomy Autom coming right. into cars, and then eventually it's going to all take over. And then you also have cars that talk to everything. We had a story right. just recently here in Denver. We've seen this in other cities around the country where there are smart cities and smart traffic lights, and, and they're all trying to get it all hooked up with the smart cars. So Ford is using the CES, the Consumer Electronics Show, to announce all of its vehicles are going to be connected by 2019. That means more Ford vehicles outfitted with Wi-Fi wow. hotspots, remote unlocking, and location services. Ford is also announcing plans to adopt what's called their cellular vehicle-to-everything technology. Now, this technology will make it possible for its vehicles to communicate with smart traffic signals, other vehicles in the area, and even with a gas pump to make wireless payments when you're filling wow. up. Wow. Cellular vehicle-to-everything is more advanced version of the vehicle-to-vehicle uh, -vehicle connectivity and uses a cellular network, which are faster than the Wi-Fi, to communicate more reliable than Wi-Fi to communicate with other vehicles and roadside infrastructure, such as like smart traffic signals, a construction warning zones. So you're going to see more and more cities putting up and connecting not only your car to their infrastructure, but also to warn you of roadblocks and uh, when this light is going to be, you already see it in the Audis, mm -hmm. when this light's going to turn red or going to turn green so you can just keep on going. All of it's going to be eventually connected to each other. So your car is going to have to have a data plan, just like you have a data plan with your phone. Mm. Yeah, I, I wonder about the cost uh, to a lot of this. Because I've, I've always been fascinated just by even OnStar, which yeah. will let you just unlock your door or, or call for help or something. And, and that's been around for quite a while, but there... Uh, but there's a price that you have to pay for that, and well, yeah. that I've never really wanted to I pay. Think it so was Audi's was priced at around thirty-five or forty bucks a month. Okay, that's something like not that. terrible. Uh, but but I, if if it's something that we can afford, I'm all for all of this, for, everything. Yes, exactly. The cellular vehicle to everything technology also has the ability to communicate at short range, even when there's no cellular signal to other vehicles. So a vehicle would have the ability to see around blind corners. 
and understand its environment in inclement weather. So if it's snowing and mm-hmm. uh, the driver ahead of you is going around a curve or, or seeing some icy conditions on a bridge, then that vehicle can relay it to your vehicle and then you'd be warned that that's happening just up ahead. Uh, it could detect the, um, let's say, uh, uh, accident that's just up ahead and actually start slowing you down before you get up there mm-hmm. just in case you're going a little bit too fast, whatever the case may be. So Ford believes this cellular vehicle to everything technology is the key to getting more automakers to commit to connected car systems and to standardize the technology that's going to be used. That's going to be a big key is for all of them to use the same ones and not be like where we have AT&T on one cellular kind of system and then Verizon on a whole different cellular system. We should all have one cellular system that we're all using and then, Mm -hmm. you know, then you can have all multiple companies and all the whole thing. Uh, The chips in this technology that are used are are getting faster and faster, but they're also becoming less and less expensive than the ones that are in current vehicles, even right now. So the costs and the availability are going to, are going to be better in, in the future. So Edmund says, we don't expect to see many of these features. It's like the brain to vehicle technology for several years, but smarter infotainment systems uh, and more widely available connected vehicles are just right around the corner. Interesting. And from CES to Detroit, from Las Vegas to Detroit, because the Detroit Auto Show is now in full swing. The North American International Auto Show in Detroit. It's really been overshadowed by CES, mostly because it's dedicated to uh, really stick to what it does best, cars and trucks and not uh-huh. really high tech. Uh, it's still America's largest car show. We do have a car show in Denver every year. That's a lot of fun. Uh, and most of the auto industry news out of CES is like big big picture technology, futuristic, wishful thinking stuff. Sure. While all the news from Detroit is more geared to cars and trucks that people can actually buy right now and go drive right now and go out to the showrooms and see. Now, there's a heavy focus on trucks and SUVs and a lot of crossover vehicles. That's their biggest sellers now, the crossover Mm -hmm. thing. And there are fewer sedans and passenger cars, and some are losing trunk space as the cars are trying to make uh, the cars more fuel efficient. Uh, And so there are other highlights as well from Detroit. So the highlights include the next crop of SUVs and trucks are going to be coming to the showroom with prominent grills and narrow headlights. They think that it projects power. Well, interesting. There you have it. The leaner, meaner headlights are also one of the most visible ways that new technology, in this case the LED lighting, is changing car design. The new lights are more powerful. They allow companies to shrink their size. And they also cost less than they have in in the past years. And so it really frees up the companies to incorporate more varied designs with these LED lights. Uh, In the future, you might be buying a Chinese car. The gull-winged Enverge had its world premiere at this year's Detroit Auto Show. The company says it plans to start selling cars here in the end of 2019. And at this year's show, the company unveiled a sci-fi-inspired concept car. It's a two-seater with doors that open like wings. It virtually, uh, r- the virtual reality screens on the side windows, uh, are, it's, it's pretty high tech. And there's a fog lamp that could be detached for what? use as a flashlight if you need it. Uh, now, wait, virtual reality screens? Yeah, they have virtual what reality screens for? on the side windows as you're driving. Don't you want to be able to see the actual reality no. when you're driving? Nobody wants to see. If they wanted to see actual reality, you wouldn't go anywhere and see people staring at their phones all day. 
Oh, yeah, I guess that's true. But I mean, at least sometimes you're still catching the. Honestly, <laughs> you go to a concert. You're still catching the, the sign outside every so often. Game. Yeah. You go anywhere, uh-huh. Nicole, and people are doing this I with know. their phones. It's It's terrible. We are missing life, people, it's, here. If you ever go to a concert, this is actually pretty interesting. If you go to a concert or some kind of event where they, uh, like you go to a basketball game where they have part of the action that's actually on this, the big screens, mm-hmm. you'll see people watching the screens rather than actually watching the court where the action is happening. Mm-hmm. Well, and I can see if you were getting a better view or a closer up picture of, of someone, maybe glance at the screen, but uh, but to miss out on the activity you're engaged in at the moment to be on your phone. Yeah. Well, it's that, just a sad state of affairs. But I, I have to think that a virtual reality side window would be illegal, almost. It, it, it seems very distracting. Maybe not in China. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe it will Maybe be not. eventually. Uh, but can... it's all part of the autonomous vehicles that where if you're not driving, you're going to free up all your time for reading oh, and so, catching yeah. up on work mm-hmm. and getting and just watching shows and all that kind of stuff. So it's actually going to be a big boom for Netflix and Amazon Prime and all those other video services because you'll be able to catch up on these shows that you ha- can't see while you're driving now. But if the car is driving, then you can watch all this stuff. That's what... That's, I think, what they're yeah, trying okay. to get. Yeah, the, okay. The, yeah, exactly. The goal is eventually you don't have to look outside and you can just watch the pretty whatever town you want to be driving in, huh? Exactly. Put well, whatever you want on the screen. <laughs> Here's another uh, highlight from Detroit making cars in America again, where Toyota is one of several companies that have announced new investments in the United States. BMW is continuing the trend. They're pledging to invest an additional $600 million to its Spartanburg, South Carolina plant by 2021 and spend $200 million on training and education. And what's old is new again. This year's show is heavy on nostalgia, especially from the established U.S. and European car makers. Chevy is celebrating the 100th anniversary of its Silverado truck. Ford is revived the Ranger. The Ranger, the old Ford Ranger is coming back. Uh, and they found some inspiration from 1968 for its latest Mustang. The Mercedes-Benz company has re-engineered its deluxe G-Class SUV with new suspension and steering and safety systems. While they continue, it's that boxy SUV thing. Uh-huh. It looks like the 1979 off-road vehicle, this big box deal. So that's going to be coming back for Mercedes. It's horrible looking. <laughs> And by the way, the winners of the car, truck, and utility of 2018 are out. The 2018 Honda Accord was named North American Car of the Year. Runner-up, Toyota Camry, and the Kia Stinger. I have never heard of the Kia Stinger. No, I don't even know that one. Yeah. Uh, Here, All right. So the uh, Volvo XC60 was named the Utility Car of the Year. Runner-up were the Alfa Romeo Stelvio. I'm going to go with that because I can't speak Italian. Uh, And the Honda Odyssey. That is a very popular minivan. Mm -hmm. Lots of people love the Odyssey. And the Lincoln Navigator was named Truck of the Year. Runner-up, Chevy Silverado ZR2 and the Ford Expedition. Isn't it usually the F-150 that always wins? Mm -hmm. Yeah, they did not win this year, which is it. And nor did the Ford Fiesta. (laughs) Nor did the Ford Focus. No. They did not win car of the year. Nor did the Chevy Volt. Not your car, huh? No. Did not win uh, car of the... Mine's a Dodge Durango. Dodge Durango. Not on the list. Not on the list. Okay. Sorry. 
Yeah. Sorry, not on the list. Uh, yeah, so there, you know, every uh, it's always great to read some of the stories that come out of Detroit and the auto show there. Uh, when I lived there, I, I left when I was 15, so I never really got a chance to go to the Detroit auto show. Um, but I have been to the Denver auto show, and it's a lot of fun. Yeah, I, you you got to get out to there that sometime. I think it would be fun, and and I, it sounds like there's a mix of some new tech, yeah, but more uh, realistic and current technologies as well, and. Uh, and, and so I also appreciate the focus on the past, too. Yes. I like this idea of recognizing where we've been and how far we've come. I can't believe the Chevy Silverado has been around 100 years. It's pretty remarkable, isn't That's it? That's crazy. Yeah. I, I mean, you look at automotive, automotive technology where the Model T has been out for, what, 120 years. I mean, it, it's hard to think about it mm-hmm. that it's been that long, but it has. Yeah, no, we were we were our one of our colleagues Adam Hammond was doing a story on a 104 year old woman, and he was trying to come up with the things that would have been new for her, or things she would have kind of experienced before the advent of certain technologies, and uh, <laughs> and it was interesting what it exposed about some people in this newsroom and what they are aware of or not aware oh. of, like when was TV invented and things oh, like that. But, some of the millennials in here. Uh, oh, oh, oh! I think I think some people didn't think lighting was around 104 <laughs> years ago. Indoor lighting, indoor lighting. Yay. But we were talking about the cars that have changed. But yeah, 104 years old. She has always had a car in her life. I mean, that's yeah. even at 104. Interesting. (laughs) There you go. Well, that's another great edition of the Driving You Crazy podcast. Uh, Nicole, you, uh, as always, excellent job today. Oh, thank you. And you're always, always welcome here on the podcast. I'm going to be on assignment the early part of next week out on the West Coast, uh, missing work for a couple of days. Mm. My father in law's 70th birthday. So we're going nice. to be celebrating that. What are you getting him? Uh, a, a trip to San Diego. Okay. <laughs> and no, we're playing golf one day out there, and uh, so it's a whole big family trip, and uh, so we're going out there. And of course, I'm going to report to you on all the adventures because there's always crazy adventures. The resort we're staying uh, is over there at Mission Bay, and they charge twenty five bucks for self parking, thirty dollars for valet. Well, I'm not going to pay that. I and I tell mm-hmm. my, you know everybody, I said I'm not paying that. I'm going to park on the street. So I looked on Google Street View. And I was looking for, all right, where can I park? And is, are there, is there available street parking, right, where it's not going to be residential or, or no parking hours, sure. that sort of thing. So as my search was looking for a parking space, I came across a search for this car that looks like a shark. It has fins on the top, <laughs> fin on the top and a fin on the trunk. And on the, on the front, it actually has gills painted on the doors and, like, shark teeth <laughs> on the front of this thing. It looks like a shark. So I can't wait to get out uh, there so I can go find that car for real that I found on Google Maps and then take pictures of it and then compare and contrast the yes. Google Map picture with my picture of my uh, rental car parked there on the street next to it. Awesome. Go find the shark car. There you go. Because, you know, it, you never know what kind of follies and ex- unexpected adventures will happen on, on, on a trip like this. You just never know. Uh, and I imagine Joseph would probably be back from his week-long illness, but you never oh, know how I things so. tur- turn out, you know. Well... He could go downhill, I, he could come back uphill, and then go back downhill. I really hope he goes uphill, oh, because <laughs> this is going to not seem nice at all. <laughs> right. Well, thanks again for being here. Thanks again for listening. Until next time, I'm Jason Luber, the traffic guy. And I'm Nicole Brady, the fan club president of the Driving You Crazy podcast. Be safe, and as always, happy motoring. Happy motoring.